Hi, Sunshine. I'm Natasha, your host for the Shine Online podcast and the founder of Soul Studio. In this conversational podcast, I interview the brightest entrepreneurs I know with the goal of empowering you to do business in a way that feels real to you. These conversations will bring you no fluff advice, honest discussions, and actionable strategies to help you shine online. There are so many bright brands in the online world, but there's always room for one more. Let's shine together. And before we dive into today's conversation, you're actually tuning into an exclusive replay of an Instagram live interview. And we'll be answering questions and interacting with the live audience over on my Instagram at Soul Studio Marketing. So let's get right into today's episode. Okay. Awesome. Wow. Okay. (laughs) We are here. (laughs) Thank you for, you know, with the technical difficulties, what's alive without some excitement, right? I know. It's raw. (laughs) It is. Well, awesome. I'm excited to have you here and kind of introduce you to everyone because honestly, you are one of the people that I look up to the most because you have so many things you're juggling and you're so amazing at all of them. So I think everyone's really going to appreciate the expertise you have to offer. And so if you have any questions about friendships, PR, networking, put them all here. But I'm going to have Danielle introduce herself. All right. Well, first of all, thank you for those kind words. So I'm going to try to live up to your introduction. But my name is Danielle Byer Jackson, and I am a publicist by day and friendship expert by night. So overall, my goal is to help women get seen. And that's like the overall objective for both of my gigs. So as a publicist, I own a PR agency called Stride Media Group. And our goal is to get female clients seen. So we connect them with various media outlets. We get them on TV and in magazines to kind of elevate their visibility. And then I have a coaching business called Give It a Rest. And my job is to get women seen socially. So women are struggling to build friendships, to kind of manage the friendships that they do have, then I am their girl. So I kind of help them in that way. And I'm really excited to be doing both things. Awesome. Well, that was a perfect introduction. Thanks for <laughs> all those amazing things to really help empower women, which is really amazing. And I know we have a lot of female entrepreneurs here. So if you have any questions about friendship and networking, please ask away because Danielle is definitely an expert at that. But I think let's start it off with networking because if you are just trying to get into networking or maybe you're trying to push yourself out of the box with networking, it can be intimidating and it can be hard. Um, so I would love to kind of hear like, what are your best tips and kind of strategies and tactics you use when you're networking, whether it's like online or in person? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question because networking is everywhere. There's opportunities on Facebook and through your job and Instagram. And I feel like we live in a world where every opportunity is a networking opportunity. So it's definitely something that we have to prepare for. So I'll make a very big distinction between needing people for friendship and then networking because you're trying to put yourself out there for your business. And I think that we should all differentiate too, because sometimes we go out to make friends and we're selling to our friends and that's a whole mess. And then we go out for networking, but then sometimes we behave in a way that's a little too relaxed for business networking. So if we're talking just about networking, 
I personally love to network, but I am learning that that's because I'm an extrovert and our world caters very much to people with an extroverted uh, personality. So um, I like to go mingle, meet new people. I don't have um, high stress when it comes to figuring out what to say, but I'm learning that not everyone is like that. So yeah. in terms of- I'm not like that. Are you no, not like that? I'm introverted. People are like, You're introverted? I'm like, Yes, I promise I am. Right. <laughs> it's just that you do well with forcing yourself to get out there. Yes. But I think introverted means it just takes you more energy to put yourself out there. Yes. Um, and introverts tend to draw energy from being alone. Extroverts draw energy from being with other people. So we definitely live in a world that caters to extroverts. So in terms of finding networking opportunities, they're everywhere. So, you know, you could go on Facebook, Eventbrite, everywhere and find an opportunity. And I think that's not really the issue. The issue is like, what do I do once I get there? One thing I will say is um, for an introvert, one thing that can help is to ask the people who are facilitating the networking event if there's anything that you can do to help. And the reason I say this is because as a former high school teacher, I know that introverts tend to do well when they're assigned a role. So if you have a job to fulfill, it's more helpful than having to kind of randomly figure out what do I do. Also for introverts specifically, I know it might be tempting to kind of be in your phone or put your head down. And then you're also simultaneously thinking like nobody's talking to me, but that's because you don't look approachable. So it might be very intimidating, but to keep your head up, your eyes up to connect with other people. And I always suggest going to somebody who also kind of looks like a loner and like they're being mellow. That is your girl. So whoever that person is, that's who you go to and you start asking them about, you know, what they do. Um, I know that for networking, we know that we're all there to talk business, but that doesn't necessarily mean you have to start with that. So yeah. something as simple as asking like, oh gosh, um, traffic was crazy for me getting here. How long did it take you to get over here? I mean, you can talk about commonalities like that before you launch into the what do you do? It also kind of puts people at ease. And then the conversation is a little more organic for extroverts. I would say our personality, we're out there, we're mingling, we're moving and grooving, but give other people a chance to talk about themselves. Um, I suggest using the phrase, tell me more. That's one of my like magic phrases because people like to talk about themselves and it makes you very likable when they feel like you were interested in them. So I am prone to say, that is so interesting. Hold on a second. Tell me more about that. And and not in a disingenuous way, but um, it gets people to open up. So with networking, don't just show up physically. Be present while you're there. Get out of your phone. Find somebody who also looks kind of introverted if you're introverted. And for extroverts, give everybody else a chance to talk about themselves as well. Mm-hmm. Those are really good tips. And I think even if you identify with being an introvert or an extrovert, I think there's good tips in all of those. Like, I feel like for me, because I do get really anxious at networking events, it's overwhelming. You don't know who to make connections with. Like, that's mm-hmm. something I definitely struggle with. But for me, I've always been like, how can I make just one really great connection today? So kind of not forcing myself to go out and talk to everyone and really make a lot of connections, but I really focus on making like quality connections. And like you said, people love to talk about themselves. So that's like my first thing is, you know, tell me about you. Like, tell me where it's like, tell me more. Um, So I think that's a really good tip is that's like in general with networking is just always making sure you're really prompting and learning more about them. Because then when you're like following up with them, you also have more information so they really know you did listen and it wasn't just for networking sakes you know what i mean 
I love that. I love that you set a goal for yourself of, okay, if I just talk to one or two people, then I'm good to go. I love that because it takes the pressure off of having to meet everyone in the room. And sometimes, you know, to your point, it might be to our detriment to try to meet everyone in the room because you can't go deep with everyone in the room. So picking out your one or two and having that be a meaningful connection, I think that's a great, that's a great idea. Yeah, I think that's really awesome. And Barry has a really awesome question about if you're kind of a mixture of being extroverted and introverted. And I think a combination of both of those tips, I think would really help is being sure that you kind of go with your strengths when it comes to the extroverted habits and natures that you have. So putting yourself out there and really trying to make those conversations, even if it's maybe with someone that does look a little bit more introverted, maybe you can kind of pull them out of your shell and that will make them really feel special and make an even deeper connection. But also being sure that you are really being conscious of making sure you're listening and, and making sure you're really hearing what people are saying. But that would be probably my tip um, from my point of view, but I'd love to hear yours, Danielle. No, I totally agree with you. I think that um, it's kind of like a double superpower to be a little introverted and extroverted. And honestly, with all these like, assessments and enneagrams and all that i think we're all a little some you know a little bit of everything yeah so play to that strength i think it's great to know when to pull back and have the confidence to move forward so i think that could be um a superpower to be a little of both yeah i i totally agree with that and thinking about networking is how do you i mean you do so many things i mean you kind of nailed that that first little piece but it's really good but for people that maybe are just starting with networking like what is your tip for kind of figuring out their elevator speech and when you're going around the networking circle saying like what you do like what is kind of the best way to nail that down you know, I always tell um, our PR clients, you know, especially if they're being interviewed by a journalist, whether it's for a written piece or for television, is to lead with the most important stuff in case you get cut off. So in case the interview gets timed out or they don't take everything you said in the written piece, lead with what's most important up front. And I think the same applies for conversation. So I think having that one catchy phrase to say, I help people blank or something like that is interesting as opposed to doing the whole, well, I work for a company that because people and they might be very polite will begin to tune you out. Like I, everybody's starting with their bio. It's like when you're like, tell me about yourself. And well, I mean, I was born and raised and I, I already blacked out. Okay. Yeah. I don't even know what else you're saying. So I say, put a little time into thinking like, what can my opening phrase be? So for me, for example, it's, it's, very important. And I think for any multi-passionate person, it's important because you're trying to explain two or three different things. So what's the one sentence connector? So for me, you know, I'm running a public relations agency and I'm also coaching women for friendship on the surface, super unrelated. So I need my, my one sentence summary is important. Okay. And for those of us who are talkers, we got to figure out a way to yeah. make it attractive and appealing but nice and concise. So for me, for example, I'll say my whole job is to help women get seen. That's what I do. Here are the two ways I do that. So I feel like figuring out what your hook is, keeping it short and keeping it interesting. So people want to ask you, tell me more and you're not talking there off. I think that's important. Yes. I think that's really important is kind of going down to like the why and the who, like this is why and 
who I do it for. And this is how I deliver it. Like keeping it in like a simple formula like, like that, I think is really important. That's kind of like for me, like I do offer a lot of different things, but I just say that I'm Instagram strategist mm-hmm. and I kind of keep it at that. People don't really want to know my name. They don't really care about that. They don't want to know all the different ways I do Instagram, but it's memorable to know that's what I do is Instagram, not social media. I do Instagram. And I think it's always kind of important. Um, like Matt mentioned is really getting the people's attention. And for me, this is my secret. I'm giving away my secret, <laughs> but, um, I always pull out the name tag feature on a phone because when you're networking, people are like, Oh, well, what's your Instagram? I'm like, Oh, here's my name tag. And they're like, what's a name tag. And they get really interested because obviously that's my strong suit as an introvert. When I start talking about Instagram, I get really excited. So I feel like whether you're an extrovert or introvert, like find what kind of makes you excited and makes people really remember you and like kind of have that as something you always do at a networking events. Cause that's kind of what I do. And it really, really helps me. Ooh, I love that. And I love that too. Cause it's kind of like a tactical way to show them on the spot, how savvy you are. Like, Oh, you didn't know about this feature. Let me just look yeah. you up. Um, sometimes with the, you know, the friendship coaching thing as well, I will say, you know, are you new to Tampa? Because a lot of times if they are, I can say like, I mean, it's really hard out here, right? Especially with it being a city, people are coming and going. I mean, so I I think sometimes allowing a person to tell you how Mm -hmm. your business relates to them and being a listener is very an underrated skill. I'll say that. No, I, I completely agree with that is really listening. And I think that's an important people skill in general, like even thinking of friendship. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of people can relate, maybe give us some hearts or emojis, but <laughs> I really think people can relate that friendships as entrepreneurs is really, really tough because things are different. We say like our friends don't get it and they're not in the same world as us. And even just making entrepreneurial friends can be really tough. So for, I see tons of hearts. Yes, you guys all <laughs> completely can relate to that. So as, you know, a friendship expert and an entrepreneur, what is kind of like your best trip for kind of like combating that loneliness that comes with entrepreneurs that really want connection, but kind of struggle with that? Oh, I love this question. And um, it's interesting because when I first started studying friendship, I'm talking about relationship. And I saw very quickly that loneliness becomes an extension of that study because they go together hand in hand. If you are an entrepreneur, ladies, or if you are simply just really business minded, it's not in your head if you feel especially lonely. So there is a French study that's been done and not too many studies have been done on this because it's a very nuanced thing. But a French study was done with, I think, almost 400 entrepreneurs. And they found that anybody who has an entrepreneur role or a managerial role experiences more loneliness than a person who Mm. does not have those roles. And they think it's because one, there's so much ambiguity in our roles. So you kind of do everything. You got to manage people. You got to get the invoices. You got to post to social. You got to show up for your client. So since there's so many pockets that you have to be present in, it's really hard. And then to your point, feeling like, I mean, how do I even explain this to my friends? You just don't get it. And one thing that kind of perpetuates loneliness is the idea that no one will understand. Mm-hmm. And also that is something that, you know, I'm not a mental health expert, but based on the research that I've done, that's something that is cause for depression too. When you start to feel like no one understands. So first we've got to kind of link up with other entrepreneurs because they do understand and it'll be very helpful for your mental health in that way. Another reason I think entrepreneurs experience a lot of loneliness is because we are on 
24 seven. So even if I'm going to a birthday party with my friends, I'm thinking about what I need to do for my business or I'm, I'm getting ideas for my business as I'm talking at the party. I mean, your brain is constantly going. So there's almost like there's a psychological cost to being an entrepreneur. So yes, you are more primed for loneliness if you're an entrepreneur or if you are in some kind of manager role. So how do we solve that? One thing would be to um, not take the attitude of, I don't have time for friends, which I've been told by a woman who is very successful. And she said, you know, I almost feel like I don't, I don't have time for that stuff because I've got the business and I've got my family. And the opposite is true. We need friends more than ever. And I will say this too, is open your mind to having friends maybe who aren't in business. And I know it's, you know, there used to be emphasis on be with people with common interests. And to an extent that's true, but you are more than your business. So what are you interested in that has nothing to do with Instagram strategy or public relations and finding people who do those things and being intentional about spending time with them. I think we have to stop seeing friendship as like a cushy little like extra luxury for girls who just, you know, are going to brunch all day on the weekend. Mm-hmm. No, you make time to see your girls, to not talk business because it will actually help your business. Um, mm-hmm. and also help you from not feeling that overwhelming loneliness that entrepreneurs are prone to. I so agree with that as I think finding entrepreneur friends is really important but really having people that aren't in your world actually grounds you. It brings you back to earth where you aren't having to feel like mm-hmm. you have to talk about how business is going or the biggest struggle you're having with your client or all these different things. You can really just kind of like, it's almost like just like escaping, you know, you're escaping from yeah. your business in a really healthy way. And I think, you know, even just from what I've learned from you and all the amazing research you've done about friendships is that really is important to finding balance because I don't think balance is ever going to be perfect, but it should always be a priority to make sure you're kind of trying to balance all those different elements. And I know that's something I struggle with. I struggle with making time for my friends sometimes because Mm -hmm. our schedules are really busy and everyone is in different spaces and all those different types of things. So what are the best tips to really making time for those friendships? Oh, that's a good question. Um, you know, people will say, you know, it's really hard to make friends as an adult. And that is true. And there's a lot of reasons why. But it's not hard to meet people as an adult. We see people everywhere. It's not of like, how do I like go deep with my friendship? So, okay, some people might not agree with this. Okay, let me just preface it with that. <laughs> I'm ready for it. <laughs> and I am not misorganized at all. You know, <laughs> I'm not. But I will say that I saw um, an article that came out a couple months ago and or actually, no, it was a podcast on like NPR or something. And they interviewed the girl who was talking about how she schedules her friends, like has an Excel spreadsheet and she goes through like her top eight friends, not like all your, you know, 500 Instagram followers, like your top eight girls. And she goes through and since she is misorganized, she keeps track of like how many girls she is, quote unquote, touched, like how often have I touched you or talked to you this month. And for her, it just happens to be a visual of, oh my God, I haven't talked to Andrea and Danielle in like two months. That's not okay. So I know that a lot of you are listening right now and you're like, I'm not making an Excel sheet for my friends. And you know what? I'm not either. But the the spirit of what she's doing is the right attitude. If we're kind of waiting for things to organically happen, 
that doesn't happen anymore. And the reason you feel like, oh my God, I just feel like in college, it was so easy. Yes, because you were in class with these people. You were going to football games with these people. They Mm -hmm. were down the hall in your dorm. So yes, your environment was saturated with your peers and opportunities to meet new people and to hang. You know, I remember when I had my roommates, I mean, we were together all the time. So we were talking about things we've been through. And that's why I felt like, God, well, why was I so close to women in college? That's why. Well, we could sit all day and be like, man, I long for those days. Or we can kind of just take action and make them happen. So to say like, you know, to get your friends in a group text and say, y'all in two weeks on Saturday night, we are getting together and we are going to hang out. You have to be intentional. And I think sometimes we don't do that because we're like, oh, friendship should be organic and natural. And it's simply not true. So not to be a total nerd with research and stuff, but there was a study that asked women, do you believe that friendship should be natural or do you think you should have to work at it? And they followed both the women who said, I think it should be natural. And the women who said, no, I think you should work on it. And five years later, they followed up with those same women. And the ones who said, oh, it should be natural. were saying that they were more lonely than the girls who said, no, I think you have to work at it. So that goes to prove that you have an attitude of, no, let me get my girls in my calendar. Let me, you know, oh, you can't get together physically. Okay, let's have a FaceTime date. Let's both get our glass of wine. Let's both watch our favorite Netflix show on FaceTime. I know it sounds silly, but those are the things we have to do because I want to see you. I want to hear you laugh. I want to talk about your day. And, And that's the kind of thing that it takes is to make time intentionally to follow up and to get creative. You don't have to drive across town and drop $50 at the restaurant to hang out. You guys get on FaceTime, you guys, you know, hang out virtually and you make it happen because that is what counts. So intention, intentionality, that is the key. Mm, I think that's really important is just the way we're intentional in our businesses. We need to be intentional with our friendships. I mean, with everything in our lives is it's really being intentional to make sure that you can have that time because everything, if you don't make it a priority, it will get pushed aside. I mean, anything. I was like that mm. that website you wanted to finish for your business like 10 months ago. Yeah, if you, keep, <laughs> you don't prioritize it. If you don't calendar it and you don't organize it in the way that works for you, it'll never get done. So I think it's really important that you say that just the way we have events for business and we move things around for that. That's the same thing we should be doing for our friendships is putting it in your calendar and moving around things so you can really make it happen, even if it's something just like a FaceTime date. So I really love that. I wanted to take a quick break from those mic drop moments to share an amazing free resource to help your biz shine on Instagram. Tasha's toolbox and strategy kit includes 30 tools for creative and strategic content on Instagram, including my best tips, strategies, and practices for growing on the gram. This resource includes a dimensions cheat sheet to let you know everything you need for creating graphics on social media, along with a lingo guide that breaks down any Instagram terms or words you may hear me using. So to download this freebie, go to soulstudiomarketing.com slash toolbox, or we've linked it in the show notes for you. Now let's get back into the episode. Um, Ariana had a really awesome question kind of going back to networking and introverts and extroverts is how do you motivate yourself to go to networking events? Okay. Well, I know, I know because I mean, am I the only one who will sign up for things in the moment and then like an hour before you're like, "Mm, 
not feeling it. <laughs> so that's a great question. Like, how do I make myself go? I actually stole this tip from another woman named Danielle who owns a clothing shop called Valhalla and I'm in there often switching out my clothes. So I chat with her and she's an introvert. And she told me that, you know, one thing that she does is she doesn't let herself change her clothes when she comes home from work or depending on where your job is located, you don't stop at home. So if you, you've got to almost psych yourself out because I'm, I'm an extrovert and I'm guilty of it the last minute. Um, maybe I'm not feeling it. Don't change your clothes. Go to that side of town early so that way you have to have an attitude yep. like, well, I'm already over here. Maybe tell one or two people like, yeah, I'll see you there because now you know, you know what people, you know, they're expecting me. So make <laughs> yourself go by not letting yourself get, you know, uncomfortable and, and, you know, undressed and relaxed before. So stay kind of in the mindset and, and close, you know, it sounds simple, but they really affect like, our minds and there's lots of research to that so you know you feel how you dress and if you stay in your work clothes you're still dressed you feel like you're yeah. still on the move and I think those are a couple of things that can make you go but the other side of that is because we don't want to break commitments either is be careful about saying yes to things emotionally yep. in the moment because you know I talk a lot of crap, but at the end of the day, I do believe that you have to uphold what you said that you would do. So if you are not sure, you know, like let's say a friend says, um, oh, there's, I'm having an event next Thursday. You should come. Well, it's proven that uh, women have a high degree of agreeableness. So they say that we're more primed to be like, okay, yeah, totally. Yeah, me too. Okay, great. Me too. We do that a lot. So that means, especially when we get an invitation, we want to be polite and we're like, that, you know what? That sounds awesome. I'll be there. But are you going to be in the mood next Thursday at 6.30 after work, after traffic? Because if you keep okay. saying yes, you're putting yourself in a position to feel obligated and dread it for a week. Your attitude mm -hmm. is kind of like, oh, because you're dreading this thing for a week. You might opt out of going. So now there's like this weird tension in your friendship because you said you'd go, but then you canceled. Yeah. So it's okay to give a firm like, Oh, that sounds really awesome. Can I let you know next Wednesday night? Because I'm not really sure. That's fine. Or to say, oh, that sounds awesome. Now I won't be able to go, but we should definitely get coffee next Saturday. Offer an alternative, but do not say yes to commitments you can't handle. And if you do commit and you're going to go, stay in your work clothes, keep those high heels on and make it over there anyway. I think that is such a really good tip. I kind of do that too, where I'm like, if I'm like on an out and about day, like I will plan my kind of like my coffee work days or other meetings and stuff during those days where I have events. Cause I'm like, mm. okay, I'm going to be in that mindset and I'm going to be in that space. I'm not going to be home in my like cute work from home <laughs> clothes. Like I'm going to be ready to go and actually show up. Also, on the other flip side of that, from kind of like the introvert kind of side of things, is also knowing like you don't have to go to every event. Mm -hmm. Just like Danielle was saying, is you want to go intentionally. You want to go to make connections and nourish your friendships and make really good new relationships. And if you're not in that mindset and you're not feeling good, it's honestly not even going to worth your time to show up and go. So I, you know, I've gone to a lot of different networking events locally and I've really found which ones I really like, which ones I get really great connections from and which ones are worth my time. And some of them 
maybe if I'm in the mood, they're worth my time. But if I'm not in the mood, they are not even close to being worth mm-hmm. my time. So I think it's also like just testing things out and prioritizing things. Christina even said like, what if you work from home though? Um, maybe get ready. Like don't like be in your work at home gear, like get ready that day. So, you know, you can just like change your clothes and go. Cause I feel that you kind of get very, very comfortable at home. <laughs> yeah, no, that's good. That's a, a good tip too, though, about not having to go to everything um, and being more discerning. Cause you're going to get a lot of invites. So there are a lot of, you know, opportunities out there. So being discerning and maybe doing your research before I know, you know, I'm a creeper. So if I get invited to something like a big conference or something like that, I'm like, oh, okay. And then I go and Google it and I Google the conference, like pictures from it from last year. And, if nobody was there and not to say it can't be powerful if there's like a small number of people there but I kind of want to see what kind of traction it got what were they talking about were people on Twitter saying like oh my god this conference like was really amazing so I kind of do my research and if it looks like you know what this this might be worth my time then kind of exercising judgment so I, I love your tip about kind of measuring you know what should I go should I not I don't have to go to everything I like that yeah, it's it's hard to do. It's a muscle, I think, like saying no and not being agreeable is like hard sometimes, even mm-hmm. if you're saying no to take care of yourself. But I think it does make a really big difference. And mm-hmm. and another really awesome question I have is when you're at networking events, you're making connections. How do you like to follow up with those connections and like make relationships from them? Because I feel like that's something I'm definitely working on is making sure I'm following up and really nurturing those relationships. Because like you leave an event, you have a bag full of business cards and you you're like, but how do I like make these actual connections and like, you know, could be possible relationships? That's a great question. Well, okay. So if we're talking network arena and not like friendship arena, um, this, I wonder if, and you guys you have to let me know. I don't know if this is like a generational thing or a personal preference, but I've noticed that I personally like to get people's phone number. I don't know if that's old school, but to me, there's something about that. And again, with the people like I, I really kind of vibed with, not everybody. Yes. But I yes. Not everybody. Yeah. Not, not everybody. Yes. Gets Definitely not. <laughs> yeah. But I've noticed that it kind of like skips you ahead of Instagram, LinkedIn world where everybody's an associate mm-hmm. and, you know, people who have 500 plus connections on LinkedIn don't know half of them. It kind of fast forwards you like speed pass across all that and it makes it more personal because now I have your number. I put a name attached. I can text you anytime. You're more quickly accessible to me. So personally, I like the phone number exchange. Um, I've been to like social things and girls are like, Oh my God. Yeah, this was fun. What's your Instagram. And I mean, I, I guess that works too. I think it depends on where you kind of live and spend your time. Um, but in terms of follow-up, I would say one, do it. Because that sounds really obvious, but sometimes as women, we'll talk ourselves out of it. Like we'll say, oh, I mean, I was kind of like thinking she was cool, but what if she didn't think I was cool? And am I going to look totally clingy? Like if I actually message her, does that look like desperate? And it's like this whole thing. Just follow up. Just be like, hey, oh my gosh, had a great time meeting you last Tuesday, but didn't get enough time to chat you up. You want to grab coffee? Like that's totally fine. I have found 100% of the time girls are like, yeah, let's do it. Now I'm kind of talking friendship arena, but a hundred percent of the time girls are like, that would be great. Let's do it. So follow up. I say follow up in the way that's kind of most comfortable for you. Again, I like getting numbers because it feels kind of like personal and I like to be able to kind of text 
LinkedIn to me feels very professional. So for networking, I feel like they kind of just go hand in hand. One thing that might help you decide what might be the best platform is which platform are you most presentable? If you haven't updated your LinkedIn forever, maybe don't give them your LinkedIn right now. Uh, You know, same for your Insta or Facebook or whatever. So where are you presentable? Where are you comfortable? And what are you actually going to use to follow up? Because you don't want that you know, quote unquote lead to go cold. And I even mean that in friendship wise too. Like if we're both feeling like Saturday night was fun, don't let it go cold. Reach out to her and schedule something for the next time. Or better yet, sometimes a follow-up doesn't have to be another date that you propose. Like let's go to coffee. It could be, you remembered something she said. And three days later you text and you're like, holy crap. I watched that show you were talking about. You're right. It is super funny. And that's it. Yeah. That's really right there just by just by remembering that one thing about them i agree with that that's really good yes thank you so much to today's expert guests for joining us today and to my listeners i hope you found this episode helpful and insightful for building your online brand if you want to connect with today's guest and check out any of the important links mentioned in the show. I've linked all the details in today's show notes. Also, please send us a message and say hi if you've listened and you have any thoughts or ideas you want to share. We are all ears and we are all open in the DMs on Instagram. If you love this episode, be sure to share it with us on Instagram by tagging at Soul Studio Marketing and join in on the conversation at hashtag the Shine Online Podcast. Share this episode with a friend that needs to hear those mic drop moments and be sure to subscribe so you know when the next episode is live and ready to flow through your earbuds. If you love what you heard today, I'd so appreciate it if you left us a review. It really supports us and it helps new people join the Sunshine family. Remember, regardless of where you're at in your entrepreneurship journey, there's always room for your biz to shine. I'll see you next time.